Good afternoon. It is just turned 12 o'clock and welcome to the Money Web at Midday Show. My name is Raik van Ikerk and this show is brought to you by the South African Institute for Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. Well, the big news of the day is a massive 17 and a half billion rand Vodacom empowerment deal which would see the company's BEE shareholding increase to 20%. And I'll speak to Vericom CEO Shamil Yusup uh, in a while. Alexander Forbes also put out results. Uh, we saw headline earnings down 17%, although operating profits rose by 5%. But first, let's look at some major indicators. The JSE All says share is up 0.2%, the top 40.3%. Resources uh, up uh, nearly half a percent. Industrials up 0.4%. Uh, unfortunately, financials down 0.1% and the gold index down a significant 3.2%. In uh, international markets, the FTSE 100 up 0.7%, the DAX uh, half a percent stronger, the CAC 40 up 0.14% rather. Earlier in uh, Southeast Asia, the Nikkei uh, rose by half a percent, Shanghai was down half a percent and Hang Seng up nearly a third of a percent. Let's look at some shares that are uh, performing well. Bats uh, is up uh, nearly 2%. Mondi up nearly uh, 1.9%. Exaro 1.6% uh, stronger. Raynet also gaining 1.3%. On the negative side, Anglo Gold taking a beating down 3.8%. Sabanya Gold also down 3.5%. Vodacom, uh, who announced the, the empowerment deal, also down 3.4%. Let's look at currencies. The US dollar is trading at 13 Rand 11, uh, 17.51 against the pound, and the Rand against the euro is 15 Rand and 44 cents. Bitcoin uh, down uh, close to 7%, $6,783, or in Rands, 93,000 Rand. Uh, and 495. Gold price currently 1,295. Brent crude is at $76. Platinum above $900. Again, $903.50. And the R816, uh, the R1816 rather, up, uh, well, is currently trading at 8.91%. David Shapiro of Sasfin is on the line. David, um, welcome to the show. Uh, the markets are actually quite buoyant, and that's surprisingly uh, after Mr. Trump's little Twitter rant over the weekend that did cause some international tension it just shows you no one cares about politics how else can you interpret it it's rather odd because uh rake in all fairness if you were following uh the events over the weekend um you'd be nervous you'd be nervous that this could lead to a trade war that of course tension between America and its allies and you know the, you, you get nervous that if the world order starts to break up if all these nations say well there's no one to you know we don't have a, uh, a common goal anymore everybody can go their own way admittedly these are western nations and maybe not likely to do anything like that but it doesn't send the right message to the rest of the world so I would have thought that there'd be a bit of tension and also we don't know what the outcome of tomorrow's meeting is going to be I mean at the moment uh, there's a lot of rhetoric and everybody's very upbeat about where this is going to lead but um, I'm surprised that there's no fact no one's built in some kind of circuit breaker or some kind of defense factor into markets but I'm happy you know that they're going up like they are it's great yeah, well, the U.S. economy is performing uh, really, mm. really well, and that maybe justifies it. And it just shows you you don't really need great leadership to have great economic uh, performance, <laughs> is it? Does it? <laughs> I, I, it comes down to that. I mean, 
um, to see where the European markets look. Europe, yeah, America's only going to open up a little later, but I'm just looking at some of the gains on the uh, UK markets and European markets. They're extensive. You know, winners out outperforming um, the losers by about two to one. And some big, you mentioned there may be MBF, British American Tobacco, Mondi, all of those shares doing pretty well in London this morning and uh, helping push our market up. The RAND is also giving back some gains. It's, I thought we'd break below 13, but it's not working that way. The RAND's still 13, 11. There's still a lot of concerns about emerging markets, uh, a stronger dollar, and the same story of how that's going to affect you know, affect South Africa. So from that point of view, you've, you've got almost two different markets, right? You've got the offshore markets, you know, where... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's helping us, the British American tobaccos, Mondi's, and then you've got the local market, which I think is is, is feeling the edge. Uh, not not too much confidence in that, and we've been seeing that for the last couple of weeks. We've been seeing retailers under pressure. Uh, we've been seeing the banking sector under pressure, and particularly in um, in the insurers. Uh, slowly whittling away some of the gains that they made lo- late last year, maybe even into the early part of this year, giving giving up. So SA Inc. not performing that well, but I mean overseas markets running away, doing well. Yeah, and absolutely, uh, you know, actually uh, guiding what is happening in South mm. Africa. The RAND seems to be very nervous, skittish. Um, mm. As you've said, you know, we would like to see it slightly stronger, but I think the big problem currently is it's very volatile, and and that makes planning very difficult. It, it does because we, you're dealing with algorithms. You know, you're dealing with a computer. You're not dealing with emotions. And uh, we might discuss the emotions. We might discuss that things can get better here. We had a very bad GDP number. We know about that, but I think that might have been historic. Um, going forward, it might be slightly better. But uh, you've got this movement or this uh, sentiment moving against emerging markets, and you don't know where they can, you know, where they can take the rand. And it's not good for us if the oil price keeps going up, if the rand keeps weakening. Of course, that tilts. Um, you know, it tilts the economy unfavorably. It means mm. inflation kicks up. There's also now talk about the, the next uh, next movement from the Reserve Bank's going to be a rate hike rather than a rate reduction. Yeah. We were hoping there's going to be rate reduction, mainly because inflation was coming under control. That's reversed completely. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's also, um, you know, that's also playing with our, not emotions, but that's also playing with our economic future. Well, our economic future is, as we saw, a, a wage deal in the public sector um, and uh, increases uh, already, well, mm. above inflation, 7%, mm. um, which will, according to Treasury, for the next three years, uh, 30, 30 billion. The, yeah. yeah. It's another bad just mm. a, well, it is. In, in, and also, they big employees, you know, the only way they can offset that is not to increase employment, is to keep, uh, in other words, not to replace staff. If they, you, you always get natural attrition in an industry, so just don't replace the staff, and you can keep that number under control, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> you know? But, I mean, it is above inflation, and uh, 1% above inflation is means that this is inflationary, unless they can increase productivity, which I'm not sure you get government workers doing that well. But um, that is a worry. So all of these are adding up and not part of where we thought we'd be uh, a couple of months ago. And even in the budget, uh, I know they budgeted for the absolute amount, but uh, 
um, said, you know, these, these numbers are in the budget, but still, it, it, it just weakens our fiscal position. Yeah, and it also underlines, again, the power mm. of trade unions uh, in South yeah. Africa. Let's look at Alexander Forbes put out results for the year to the end of March. Um, the group is, of course, in the midst of a very aggressive turnaround plan. Um, under the year, the uh, operating profits profits rose by 5.2 percent to 989 million rand. Um, there were significant cost savings in terms of, of the restructuring, yeah. and uh, you could see that. Well, headline earnings down 16.8 percent. What did you make of these results? But you know, like when we look at these results, it's not much that can do. They can be as aggressive as they want to in terms of um, changing the direction. You're fighting in an economy that's not growing. Um, and that, that, that makes all financial institutions put them under pressure, whether it's a Sunlam, whether it's an Alexander Forbes, even the firm that I work for, I work for in the industry. It's very difficult to, to do better than the economy allows you. And I think that's always going to be uh, uh, an obstacle to, to major turnarounds. So management trying their best, but uh, market mocked him down 3%, wasn't that impressed. But I, I, I think in these instances, you've got to give management a bit of a chance. You know, you can't can't look at the results, I say, in the short term. The only time we can look at them is is uh, in a couple of years' time, you know, when things hopefully, and I'm saying hopefully, uh, start to improve. But it's, 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 you're in a tough area, and I think bank, banks are not far away. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's my take. What am I doing... I just avoid that sector. You know, I just avoid mm. mainly because of the economy, not because of the people running the business at all. I just think it's a very tough space to be in. Yeah, I haven't been able to speak to the company as yet, but there seems mm. to be a management retention scheme that was uh, pretty expensive and did impact the results negatively. Mm. And I think, you know, that's a question we will put to um, mm. Alexander Forbes later. Like they've got to sell more, you know, they've got to sell more product. <laughs> and and that's, that's the difficulty facing all these businesses. How do they do it in a shrinking market? You know, how do they extend their revenue line in very, very difficult circumstances? We can all cut costs. But at the end, you know, one looks at the area. I'm just looking down in the last year. They're not as bad as some of the other performers, but they're down about 15% since year to date. And I think that sums up where uh, businesses are, uh, you know, um, where, where, where that segment is, that segment of the market. Um, yeah, yeah. Discovery is funny enough, been the worst, down about 21%. And it just shows you, you know, Discovery uh, with, with a great result, down 21% since the beginning of the year. So it also identifies how difficult things are yeah. um, in, you know, in this business. Just lastly, uh, Vodacom announced a big empowerment yeah. deal, 17, mm. in 17.5 mm. billion rand. Uh, what did you make of that? Well, it's a big dilutory uh, impact. I think they had to do it. And, uh, and uh, you just got to live with it. And you got to live with the dilutory effects of it. Yeah. But um, that's, that's, I, I think that's South Africa. You know, you have to accept these are, this is, this is just part of the business environment. But it's a massive deal. I've got to go through the full factors of it. And I haven't been through uh, every line of this. But I mean, um, it is dilutory and it also dilutes uh, Vodafone's share of Vodacom. Yeah. Well, share price mm. down 3%. Maybe that mm. tells us something. Well, thank you, David. That was David Shapiro from SASFIN. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new president Cyril Ramaphosa? Can SA make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes and low economic growth? 
Attend the Brenthurst Wealth SA Quo Vada Seminar Series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts. Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst, Ralph Mateja, political analyst, Magda Verzitska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum, and Jean-Pierre Fastard of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.co.za. Search for Brenthurst. Vodacom announced a 17.5 billion rand black economic empowerment deal with Royal Buffalo King, Tebe Investments and its existing BEE scheme, Yebo Yetu, which will take Vodacom's BEE ownership to about 20%. A new staff scheme will also be consolidated into a new Yebo Yetu scheme. Vodacom CEO Shamil Yusup now joins us on the line. Shamil, welcome to the show. Um, you said this morning... Um, during the uh, conference call that the transaction will be the largest ever broad-based um, black economic empowerment transaction in the ICT sector. How many people will benefit? Um, good, good day, Rick. Hi. So um, there will be just over 110,000 people that will benefit from the um, existing deal. Uh, it's a 17.5 billion rand transaction, so that's the new uh, deal that, um, that, that basically that we're implementing. But also in the current deal, there'll be seven and a half billion of value that is allocated to the existing shareholders. Three billion in a special dividend and the other four and a half billion basically in shares in, in Yebo Yetu. Yeah, that's the, uh, well, you call it the, the old Yebo Yetu. Um, and it seems to have been a very, very successful scheme. If you invested two and a half thousand rand in 2008, 10 years later, you would get uh, 16,000 rand back. Yes, uh, very much so. And, you know, it, um, it, it's important that, and we took a lot of care in making sure that the B deal um, basically pays out and that, you know, our shareholders got value. Um, and 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 it's it's very pleasing that they did manage you know to that we managed to deliver a fantastic result for them. Um, and obviously we'd like them to stay in 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 the new deal. Uh, and the way we structured the new deal as well is is um, is to make sure that there's value created and so on in the new deal as well. There's a big um, employee component to the new deal. What is the mechanics? Of that employee component. So basically, what happens with the employee one is that we um, about 20% of the new deal is going to employees, and the way the deal is structured, that most of it will go to um, let's say the uh, general staff, not to management. So we've been very clear that it's not a management deal; that it's a general staff deal. Uh, so 92% of the value goes to the, to the general staff and not to let's say the first two or three levels of management. Mm. Will employees be locked in? So, so basically what happens is that employees, uh, what's different from this deal, the last deal employees were locked in for, for 10 years. This one, uh, effectively, um, they, uh, they, the shares start to vest in year 3, 4, and 5, and they can trade it in year 6, 7, and 8. So, you know, uh, along the way, obviously, the shares vest, which is different to the older. How will this scheme be funded? The scheme, the scheme is being funded uh, basically with, well, the total scheme is being funded uh, by discount from Vodacom, but then obviously um, uh, uh, external financing and also Vodacom vendor financing. Uh, so, so um, and at very good interest rates, so it's a blended rate of 0.69 of prime, which is a, which is a very good rate, which immediately 
you know, ensures the sustainability of the deal going forward. We've seen uh, many other empowerment deals uh, not being as successful due to the funding scheme um, and, and the non-performing share price. How would you, you measure the returns of the scheme um, and, and would empowerment um, shareholders benefit if uh, the share price of Vodacom remains relatively stable or doesn't shoot the lights out? Well, I think what, what's different about um, uh, this deal is firstly the interest rate um, that, that, that have been put forward is, is very uh, preferential rates, uh, you know, at, at 0.69 of, of prime. Many BE deals have a premium. This is at a discount. So that's, that I think is, is, is extremely important, which then speaks to sustainability. Secondly, um, by changing the deal from the South African level to the group level, it also means that shareholders don't, have, don't only have to exposure to the South African market, but also have, um, have exposure to all the markets that we operate in. And obviously there's more transparency in price uh, in terms of, you know, being able to look at the group share, which the Yebu Year to share will, uh, or the Yebu Year to uh, uh, company will, 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 will hold as the underlying share. I also see that you state that the total BE ownership of Vodacom will be around 20%. I would have thought it would be a lot higher than, than 20%. I mean, to put into perspective, um, you know, basically uh, 20% is like uh, just over $50 billion. Uh, so, so, you know, you, it's, it's quite material because of the size of the company. This is a massive deal. How long does it take to put such a deal together? So it's been a lot of work and, and obviously a lot of um, uh, complicated transactions that have to happen as part of the deal. Um, so, you know, it's, it's taken us the better part of a year to 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 basically, you know, uh, conclude. That was Shamil Yusup. He is the CEO of Vodacom. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. And this show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saika.co.za. Well, that's uh, all from us. Uh, my name is Raik Vanikerk, and thank you for tuning in.